0: I know this feels hard, I know it feels like you're not making progress, I know like I know that you had one cookie and now you wanna have the whole plate, but there's a big difference between one and the whole plate and mm-hmm. it's okay. Like sometimes people just need to be told that it's okay. Yeah. Um yeah. So I think we're going back, we're going back to the try, how they identify. What are we talking about? Um,
1: You forgot. (laughs) Are we recording? We are. Okay. Um, We're talking about why change is hard. Yeah. So we're going to
0: talk about the five reasons why change is hard and what you can do about it to make changes stick. Um, So a little bit of background. We work with a lot of different types of people clients on nutrition and lifestyle, habit change um, the whole spectrum of human beings, people who want to take their performance to the next level, maybe they're elite athletes, people who have not had any success with their diet and nutrition in the past and are just looking to be healthier, maybe lose some weight, and then literally everybody in between. So um, we've worked with a number of people, enough people where we see patterns of behavior and uh, kind of observe similar uh, challenges from person to person. So we are going to talk about kind of the five big ones, or at least five of the big ones. This is certainly not going to be an all-encompassing list, Um, but we just kind of wanted to shed some light on what we see and what to do about it. So we'll start off with... Drum roll, please. That's excessive. I'll probably cut that out. Okay, yes. So, um, yeah, we'll start with uh, kind, of the, kind of the big one, I think, which is identity. So, if you've ever read any James Clear, you hear him talk about this one a lot, and it's how we identify as human beings. So, um, this is particularly important when you start to make changes a little bit later in life. Um, I think uh, our behaviors are kind of at our core, and they're a reflection of the people who we are, who we have been. So when we're trying to be someone new, um, it's hard, right?
1: Would you say a habit is a behavior? Are they kind of interchangeable terms here? Um,
0: yeah, I'd say like a habit is something that you do
1: every single day. It's like a, a behavior that is, or in repeated. response to the same. Under the same circumstances. Mm. It's not necessarily every day, but when faced, it's like a response, a behavior. Yeah. Exactly. You can almost use them interchangeably. Yeah. I think at least for this conversation.
0: For now we can. Yeah. So behaviors and habits will be kind of the same. Um, but yeah, so this one came up for me with someone a couple days ago. And it's, I think the easiest, probably the, the most common scenario where we see this come up for people even people that don't have necessarily a hard time day-to-day with their nutrition or lifestyle or whatever is when they get around, like, family and friends in a social setting. Do you agree with that? 100%. Um, so, like, the easiest one to pick out is, like, al- is alcohol. So, our like, our behaviors and our habits around alcohol, and we get around our
1: friends. So what do you see? Um, a lot of people you know, they do great during the week and they kind of adhere to their plan, which oftentimes if they're trying to improve performance, uh, improve body composition or lose weight, doesn't include a whole lot of alcohol. And then they get to the weekends, like Friday, Saturday, and they go out for dinner, they go out to a friend's house and they they drink. And they they, on Monday, they're not, not guilty i think they feel guilty i don't think that's maybe the best response it's a response that we try to work through but they wish they didn't do it and they wish that it you know they had maybe stronger willpower or i think it's just they're they end up in a posi- they put themselves in a position with friends and family that make them feel at odds with their identity and what what they're trying to do
0: yeah i think when you're trying to make a shift to being a healthier person or losing weight just kind of most often when we see this come up. Like, that shift, it feels like a deviation from, from your identity. It probably feels like you're an imposter at first. Like, you know, this isn't me, this isn't who I've been in the past. Like, it feels hard and awkward. And you can probably deal with the way that feels when you're, you know, by yourself during the week or just around your close family. And you can rely on the structure of... <laughs> Ivy Ivy just got spayed and she's in her shirt. She's being really pouty. You can rely on the structure of, like, the program that you're on. Um, But when you get away from that, when you get around people who are trying to pressure you into, like, oh, just have one, just have two, like, what are you doing? You always drink, like, you're no fun. That's when it gets really hard and you're kind of, you're kind of snap, you snap back to center on the type of person that you've been historically. And I think... Um that's a really tough thing to battle when you're like you're the people who are your closest support system aren't supportive of what you're trying to do. I I mean
1: you can use the same example with food. And like for instance um like fried food, like drinking fried food, um just nutrient devoid foods like cake, treats, sweets. People oftentimes can control what they're eating in their own home. But when they get outside and they're, you know, exposed to at a party or at a friend's house to foods that maybe don't align with their goals, and they're used to eating them in the past, it's hard to kind of like wrap your, not only your head around, but it's like, you're you're kind of at a fork in the road. It's like, well, what path do you take? You, do you take this new path that you're forming, or do you kind of, keep going down the old path is there a path like in the middle a middle road like where does that
0: yeah I think to like that's the ultimate goal right is to learn how to how to live with the foods that you enjoy and how to enjoy them but I think kind of at first like we've talked about this a lot when you're trying to make a a change that's significant like sometimes you do have to push the balance a little hard and the in the direction of of not having balance for a period of time just to learn like you have to learn how to be without something before you can learn how to be with it and control it and I think uh, you know we also talk a lot about the reason why people like family and friends uh, try to pressure us into doing things like drinking or eating or like whatever Oh, just have you can have like another slice of cake if you want it just have it like that and I think it's it's what we talk about, right, is it, it forces people to examine their own behavior. So when you say to someone, um, you know, I'm trying to make changes to be a healthier person and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to drink like I used to or I, like I can't have that ex- that other slice of cake. Like it forces people to self-evaluate and to look at themselves and their behavior in a mirror and they may not like what they see. And so what do they do then? Well, it's easier for them to try to drag you in than it is for them to, to make the change that you have already committed to making. Like you're doing the hard thing and they're trying to do the easy thing which is to draw you back in to make themselves feel better about the
1: decisions that they've made in the past and the type of, of person that they are. Yeah, I, I ran into this when I was working at the law firm and drinking was a huge thing. Like they weren't drinkers but like Friday night was whiskey, like whiskey afternoon at work and then like anytime we went out, whether it was, you know, to the box for a hockey game, or a concert, or a student dinner, really any sort of dinner, like, you know, they indulge, they indulge in food, and like drinking was a big part of it. Um, I guess work hard, play hard, I don't know. But I don't really drink. Like, I'll have the odd drink, and it, in most situations, that has never been an issue for me. Like, I... And I think it's because I surround myself with others who don't really drink or don't see value in drinking. And, you know, there's no right and wrong there. It's just the values you have. And when I would be at these dinners, like people would look at me and it was, it, it made, it was a very uncomfortable situation to, to have water. And a lot of the times, or even just not eat some of the food that they had. And a lot of the times they would look at me and be like, oh, don't, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Or like, why don't you drink? Why don't, like, you should just have one glass. Like you never drink. Like why, what's, you know, just, just tonight. Like then we'll have fun. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not judging you. Like, I don't care if you drink. Honestly, I think they're, they're judging themselves. Like they see me and they see that I value um, health. I would say number one, health and just performance and exercise and they all, they all knew that. And I think what happened was it made them kind of look at themselves and be like, oh, I'm, it makes them look at themselves and see maybe an unhealthy person in that moment. Or somebody who doesn't value their health or their body weight or, you know, any of, anything that's really associated with drinking or not drinking. So what do you think is the best thing to do in that scenario for
0: someone who isn't you? And like you say you've never struggled with that and I don't tend, like maybe I struggle with a little bit more, but I don't. I also don't really struggle with it much for the same reasons. So, what do you? What would you say to someone who, who does struggle with it and is, at least somewhat frequently, around people who are going to have those things to say? I think
1: um, there's what normally happens, and that is you kind of make light of it. You'll say, um, "Oh, I." I have to get up early or like just, you know, an excuse, or um, I don't know, like, I don't like the taste of it, or I, I puked last time I drank it, or I don't I don't know, I don't really, I don't really resort to excuses. Instead, this is what I do, and this is what I recommend my clients to do is to kind of take a more like serious approach. And that is explain to your friends and your family or your coworkers, like, why? and And you don't need to do it to make them feel bad, and it might make them feel bad anyways. But in a respectful way, just say like, look, I, you know, I realized I need, I need to make some changes. Like I'm trying to lose weight or I have a, a, a competition coming up. That's kind of what I use. Like, and drinking doesn't really align with my goals. And like, you guys can t- like totally have fun. Like I really like being around you. Like I don't want to be a De- Debbie Downer or not, you know, and just kind of talk to them respectfully like an adult. And so that next time, like the next Friday, you're not repeating your, same old excuse oh well I didn't fit into my old jeans last night so I can't have a drink or "Mm, I'm so hungover from the night before like otherwise you're just going to keep repeating to yourself and you're always going to end up in a situation where you have this identity as a drinker and you're just not drinking tonight it's like you still have that identity I'm a drinker but I'm not drinking it's like you're you still have that, I, that identity that you're a drinker, and your friends see you as a drinker still because you associate with that. you just haven't changed like your identity and you haven't told your friends that your identity has changed. And so one way of doing it is say like I am now a person, like in your own head or to your friends. I'm a person who like values my health and fitness. And drinking doesn't align with that. And so it's like you're, you're a person who values health and fitness, a person who values those things maybe doesn't binge drink or drink. Um, and it kind of just, its a, it puts a more of a pod of positive spin on things, I think. Yeah. And it allows you to kind of wrap your head around it more. It's kind of a more serious way of addressing it with your friends and family. And, like, I, changing your identity is kind of the first step. Mm-hmm. And that's easier said than done, I guess. But you start by telling yourself, like, you are the type of person who, and eventually you tell yourself that enough times that it just becomes who you are. Yeah. I think
0: on a, like, uh, in a really, like, a a really simple way to do that is to just watch the way that you phrase sentences, Mm -hmm. even. Like, instead of saying, I can't drink, say, I don't drink. For the same reason you were just mentioning. Like, I can't drink as someone who does drink, but is restricting. Mm -hmm. I don't drink as someone who doesn't drink. Mm -hmm.
1: So it feels different. To you, when you say it to yourself, it's gonna feel different. Well, and it opens up more of a dialogue with the people that you're around. It's like I can't drink. It's like, yeah, you can, but I don't drink. It's like, well, why not? Yeah, exactly. And so maybe it opens up uh, an yes. opportunity for you to kind of express and more understanding
0: all around. Mm-hmm. I think if like it's easy to make a joke, it, like it's easy to make jokes about it mm-hmm. when you're when it comes up and to make light of it and. Um, you know that's the easy thing to do for sure but it doesn't help people understand why you're trying to do things and so i think it's one part shifting the way you see yourself and trying to make changes that will shift your identity and then also being serious and trying to help those people around you to understand like you know eventually maybe you you start to make new friends who are more in line with your goals but you won't like you can't make a new family and like you know, maybe by leading a healthy lifestyle, you, you kind of, like, you set the example. And so maybe your, your family will start to make changes because they see you, but maybe not. So it's always, like, I think it's a, a good idea to have a dialogue and, like, try to help people understand. So, you know, they don't think that you're that, that weirdo who's only eating one serving of dessert at Thanksgiving or, you know, not getting shit hammered at Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. it's... Um,
1: that was one time. Um. <laughs> I think too. Like, you kind of have to make some consolations. Like, sometimes your family is harder to convince. And so, like for me, I end up like at work. It was it was very hard to not to just be like I never drink. So sometimes I would just grab a glass of wine and kind of you know sip Sit on, on it and throughout s- the night. Spit it back in the glass. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you know if you have like a, you know some alcohol in your hand, people won't ask. Or you, you ask for seltzer water in the same glass Yeah, like that they, they put. Like, why do they always give water in this big glass with a straw?
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, like, put it in a ball
1: <laughs> with some crushed ice. Like, wine. I don't wine want party pooper written on my forehead here. Yeah. I just, That's you know. The thing.
0: Like, you can always, like, just pretend, like, a lot of, like, the, the desire to, to have a drink is like the desire to hold something in front of your body because it makes you feel protected. So mm-hmm. just hold a different thing. Yeah. It's
1: there's ways to work around it, but I think the main the main message here is you know, if you want to make a change, try to kind of go about it in a deeper way, not yeah. so superficial. Yeah. I think that's a good
0: segue into um kind of the second um the second reason why change is hard and that's wrong tribe so you're with the wrong group of people sometimes that's really hard to admit especially if it's like a group of friends that you've had for a long time um you know but the reason why like it's easy for me to talk about CrossFit because I've been around CrossFit for many years um but it's just kind of so it's this extreme exercise program high intensity interval training it's super hard it's something that like if not in a group setting like no one's going to not many people are going to go into a globo gym and do CrossFit-style training because it's hard, it looks weird, um, there's grunting, it's noisy, I don't know. You can't take your shirt off. Yeah, like there's lots of reasons why I don't go to those gyms, but that's most of them. Um, but the reason why, you know, an accountant who has spent the last eight years sitting at a desk can go into a CrossFit gym and be successful is because they walk into that gym and they see people who are like them. Like sure, there's the, you know, the handful of more elite athletes who, you know, might be burning down the workouts, but for the most part, when you go into a CrossFit gym, you see normal people doing really hard workouts. And so it's important when you're trying to make changes stick that you're like, you're in a group of people who are, who have similar values to you, like that it's, it's why your, your tribe is so important. It's super hard. You know, if, you're, if your core group of friends are people who drink and party and want to stay up, you know, all night and sleep during the day and play video games, it's really hard to break out of that if you're the only one who's trying to make positive changes. And, like, guys, I got to go to bed early because, and I can't drink because I have to go to CrossFit at eight in the morning or nine in the morning. Um, it makes it really, really difficult if you're surrounded by people who have the opposite kind of lifestyle. And so it's important that you start incorporating
1: maybe one person at a time who shares your values. Yeah, you don't need to ditch all of your old friends and find new ones. But it is important to find people who support your new goals. Yeah. And not just by saying, oh, I support you. By doing doing it, like finding um, a role model even. We're doing it together. Yeah, We've had clients who come to us and aren't from CrossFit and that's fine, we have a lot of non-CrossFitting clients. And they sometimes struggle more so because they don't have a group that they see on a daily basis who, have, who value their health and doing exercise is a way of showing that you value your health. So they don't have those people and oftentimes people who do CrossFit also f- eat fairly healthy. They're health conscious, like all those th- kind of things are s- associated. Then you have someone who's trying to change their health, their, their diet, and their only friends are other university students who are drinking and who eat fast food and um, maybe just spend all day studying and then go party or, you know. It's very hard to be that person who's like, I need to go to the gym or I need to eat. I can't eat that. I can't eat that. I can't drink. It's like you're you're constantly going to be fighting. It's just, it it's, it's almost impossible. But you find like, because I used to have that group of friends. Like,
0: I used to have friends who were more interested in like, yeah, going to bars, drinking. And I'm like, I would, I'm still friends with them. But then like, the more I got into CrossFit and the more I got into fitness and health, like... I kind of started to make new friends and I liked those people better because they were more in line with where I wanted to,
1: to go. It's not just where you are. Like, where do you want to go? Yeah. I think if you actually are determined to make a change, a change for better health, better nutrition, and you actually value it, like you're like, I'm, then finding a new tribe will happen like you will find you will seek those people out you will crave those people and the more that you have it the more you will fight to keep it fight to keep it and fight to get more yeah and like not to say that you don't won't ever hang out with your old friends like you might go out the odd time and party or hang out whatever like go for coffee you can still go for coffee with most people but like you will you, you will start to find that group and yeah. like anybody who's done crossfit and who really enjoys it it's kind of that thing like okay I really like working out like if you find that thing you're like I really want to make the change you just start like gravitating towards other crossfitters because it's like you've got this thing in common that you really value and then that's going to lead into other things and you just develop a friendship I mean that's what happened to me and we see that a lot with clients yeah same yeah it's a really powerful thing when you like when you embrace it
0: and you you embrace the people and you end up you just change each other's lives, which is really cool. Like that's like really the best thing. The people who I have, the clients who I have who don't like who don't do CrossFit, I'm constantly like you should do CrossFit. <laughs> Not just because I think it's the best way to train, which I do, but because I know like the support that they don't feel like they have because almost all of them have the same complaint and it's like you know, they you can tell that they're just kinda in it alone. Yeah. And I'm like, you will, you'll find what you need if you just walk through those doors. Like, all you have to do is walk through. And what you think you're going to see, which is a bunch of jacked elite athletes, that's not what you're going to see. Mm-hmm. You're going to see people who look just like you. Yeah. And who share your
1: stories and who share your hobbies. And, like, you won't want to leave. So I have, I mean, you can argue the same thing for other uh, exercise routines. <laughs> I guess, you could, like, I have a few runners. And I used to be more of a runner myself. My dad is a big runner, and there's a community there too. Like maybe you weren't, you know, going for a run group every day, but you identify as a runner. Yeah. And you know, maybe you read runners magazine, or you know, you're seeing runners at at races, or you start to, and then you meet maybe randomly at the office, you meet a fellow runner, and then you become friends with that runner, and together it's like you start creating this small tribe and gradually it builds and builds and builds. Yeah. But it's, you have to start small and, but yeah, CrossFit is, I mean, it's easy. You walk in the door and you'll you you'll find somebody. Yeah. Pick your people. Yeah. Stick with them.
0: Um, okay. So the third one we're going to talk about is too much, too fast, which this is one of my favorite ones. Cause I see it crop up a lot and it's kind of this like zero to a hundred mentality. You see people who, um, who haven't had a lot of success with dieting, any which way, and, um, you know, they, they, they're the type that kind of, they jump into these sort of fad diets, like, like, feet first, like, full in, and sometimes that happens with, with our program, like, macro tracking, and, um, you know, they're, like, they're perfect, and then they're not, and it's, like, it's, it's almost, when I get clients, I would almost prefer like, yeah, sure, it's nice if you can be 100% perfect, but I know that there's a limit to that for almost everybody. And so I would actually prefer someone to be like 90% or like 85. And uh, the reason for that is longevity. Like if you are just like super rigid and super perfect and everything is just like spot on, like there's gonna come a time where you just kind of snap
1: as a human being. And yeah watch. it's it's kind of funny you get a new client and you see perfect macros and you think you'd be like yes like this person's gonna just crush it yeah but instead like over time you learn exactly what you said it's like uh-oh yeah just waiting for it and then it's like all of a sudden you see no no food logs and then it's like well what what happened and it it kind of goes back to the all or nothing approach yeah yeah and it's uh it's
0: it's like there's an easy solution to that, but it's hard and it's all it's recognizing that it's recognizing your own limits as a human being and knowing like being able to look back into your pattern of behavior and know like, okay, if I if I do this all or nothing thing, it's gonna fail. But the problem with all or nothing people is they like they know that, but they have they can't they don't recognize that or they have a hard time changing that moving forward. So um you know what does that mean? Maybe it means that you give yourself a day off tracking and like not a day off, like I'm going to eat the fridge or go, you know, crush ice cream all day, but, but just take the day and just eat like a normal human being without, without logging it or tracking it. Um, and then from a fitness perspective, like same thing, right? If you, um, you know, a lot of, and I, I see this most often in like kind of in, I would say weight loss clients where they set these really, really lofty, fitness goals. Like, um, someone who hasn't run a 5k is going to run a marathon. And that's not to say that you can't do that because you can absolutely do that. But it's like, it really relies heavily on your ability to set goals up into that point. Um, and the problem with that is if you're, okay, I'm going to run a marathon, but I've never run a 5k before. What happens when you run a, a 5k or a 10k and it's really hard? you're going to think, oh, I can't, like, how am I ever going to run a marathon? I can't even run a decent 5K or 10K. Um, so it's like, why not first set a goal to run a 5K and then run a 10K and then run a, what's after 10K? Half, half marathon. marathon. Then run a half marathon. Yeah. And just make it a progression. Like, we see it all, like, everything kind of exists on a progression. Uh, fitness exists on a progression. Nutrition exists on a progression. Um and, and the reason that is, is because it it works really well. And you allow yourself to have success kind of all along the way.
1: Um, and it's just, it's a smarter way to set goals. <clears throat> I mean, that's not to say that you can't have a very lofty goal. No, I, definitely I, not. I have uh, one client who, he was close to 300 pounds. And he set a goal. I'm sure sitting on the couch, he always says, I, I went from couch to the Dopey Challenge. He set a goal. He's going to do the Dopey Challenge. And if you don't know what the Dopey Challenge is, it's a four consecutive days of running. It's the Disney, it's a Disney 5K. You do that on Thursday. On Friday, you do 10K. On Saturday, you run a half marathon. And on Sunday, you run a marathon. This guy had never even done any race. He hadn't even run just a marathon. And he had this lofty goal, he's like, I'm gonna do the dopey challenge. You no, know, most people would just sign up, like he said, at least for a marathon, like that would be a lofty goal in itself. And he came to me and he had, he he told me he was gonna do it. And I was like, that's amazing, like, let's do it. I didn't help him with his running program. He had somebody else doing that for him. And he, you know, he didn't go like, oh, I'm gonna, he didn't have the dopey challenge, like that's my goal, that's my goal. Like that was in the back of his head. But his goal was very much like, okay, today, I'm doing my training run that is 8 kilometers. And then on Saturday, my training <laughs> run is 10 kilometers. It's like slowly and surely and slow improvements. And he kind of just chugged along and sure enough, yeah. did it. Like, no problem. But I think you're right. Like, you have a lofty goal, but you need to set those.
0: Yeah, and it's okay. Like, I think goals really mean something to, to people. And yeah. I mean, they mean something to me too. External motivation. Yeah. Um, but I think even beyond external motivation, it's like you know a a marathon runner is often like the epitome of health and so why not set a goal to run a marathon because if you can run a marathon you're probably a pretty healthy person but you're missing like that's kind of (laughs) missing the forest for the trees the reason why marathon runners are healthy people is because they wake up every single day and they're committed to being a healthy person and um you know they train in a specific way and that allows them to run marathons. but really like this is getting into the weeds of goal setting, but if you if you make waking up every single day and doing what marathon runners do, the goal, rather than running a marathon, you're more likely to run that marathon than if you just say, I'm going to run
1: a marathon. Yeah. A side note, one of our favorite things that we hear is from people walking into the gym and who have no business even saying the CrossFit Games, have the goal of making it to the CrossFit Games. It's yes. It's like... How will you learn how to snatch 100 pounds first? You know, like yeah. where? I mean, do it's, you? I know that one. Do kind people of, not know how hard a marathon is, or yeah. how hard it is to get to the?
0: That like, one hits home. I think for us because we've been there, and I like we
1: know what it takes. It's like a little bit of a slap in the face when someone a marathon's a marathon. I mean, any. I mean, really, anyone can do it. Yeah. But like the CrossFit Games, I'm like, dude, really? Yeah,
0: I don't know that I ever
1: said the words out loud
0: I want to go to the CrossFit Games oh I definitely didn't no I didn't like I knew like in the back of my head I was like that would be kind of like that would be cool and I think I can I'll just like I'll train really hard and I'll see what happens Um, but I never said it to anybody I had people say it to me but I was never that person who was like I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games Yeah, this is my year (laughs) no I never do that yeah me neither I just but you know that's us um so I think I don't know if it ties in well, but then the fourth kind of the big one, I think, the reason why change is hard and hard to stick to is lack of results. And uh, I think you know we as a a like a society have become conditioned to expect fast results and maybe like I think it has a lot to do with with the media and magazines and the way that information is put out there, like you know, magazines sell and news segments sell when they can promise, you know, weight loss of 30 days. How many, like, how many magazine covers have you seen that are, that are like, you know, lose 20 time pounds in 30 days? Every time
1: I go to the store.
0: Yeah. Every time. Yeah, it's hard to, like, I actually, I just... Like, you I'm see like, it on the Today Show. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, oh, I lost 20 pounds in three weeks. Okay, well, like, talk to me in, in six or eight weeks and let me know if that worked for you. But I think... Even people who, who know that and they can recognize that, like, yes, that's kind of a trendy diet or they, they see it as gimmicky, they have a hard time getting that out of their
1: brain. Like, that, you know, results don't happen quickly. Well, and they see their friends, too. I mean, I have clients who come to me and they're like, oh, my buddy did keto and he lost this much weight in this many days. And I'm like, yeah. And, like, what happens, like, when you go out for dinner? Like, he can't have any bread, he can't do any of that, and if he does, he's going to just gain that weight back. Yeah. Do you want to live like that, or do you want to get healthy so you can have the bread and maintain a healthy Mm -hmm. body weight? But that's not what's presented to us on a daily basis. Yeah. Like, how often do you see in a magazine, like, four-month transformation? (laughs) Six-month transformation? One year, it's like, nope. Because that doesn't sell magazines. Yeah. how about how about someone who's been working at it for five
0: years? Yeah, and is still working at it and grinds every single day. Yeah, and they're okay with that because they understand the process. But like, what if I put a magazine up that was like, oh, look at, you know, look at this
1: person's transformation that took seven years? Yeah. Like, so how do you wrap? Like, how do you tell somebody about? Like, can you just straight up say like it takes longer and that and then that will be enough for them to be like, okay, I'll commit? <sighs> or does it take them experiencing, like? Okay, this fad diet didn't work for me. Like, I'm not going to do keto again because it didn't work. Yeah. Like, if I'm doing it again, it didn't work. Yeah. Like, do they have to experience it? Do they have... Or do they have to maybe talk to, some, like, one of their friends? Like, oh, this is... I worked with Tactic, and I lost 40 pounds. It took me six months. But, like, I've maintained my weight, and I feel great. And I'm able to bad. eat any any foods that I want. I will, I will shamelessly plug our program. You should, because it's great. <laughs> we need to battle against those fad diets. Yeah,
0: I think having someone who can, who point, who can point that out and continue to point that out on a regular basis is like helps. And if you can get people to stick with something consistently for, you know, a couple of months, like even a little progress can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Progress in the mirror can be helpful,
1: even if the scale isn't moving or just in their own habit change. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So now I'm not eating a whole pizza because I, I know like that doesn't align with my goals. Like that is a that is progress yeah exactly like okay maybe you messed up seven like six days out of seven but on the seventh day like you did great you made healthy choices Mm -hmm. like that's progress like yeah that's probably not going to show on the scale or show in the mirror or show like when you put your clothes on but it's really awesome that you you know took the first step and like you you showed control
0: yeah yeah I think it's it's uh getting people to, to figure out what appropriate goals are, how long those actually take, and then what kind of effort does that actually take? Um, you know, it is it is hard work, especially to lose weight. Like we, I don't wanna, there's a, a lot of different goals out there, we talk a lot about weight loss because we deal with a lot of people who have weight loss goals. I'd say that's the number one goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people who, do, who have weight loss goals uh, kind of demonstrate that historically in the past they've had some difficulty you know, with their diet and lifestyle. So like that, that shows you that it's like, it's gonna be extra hard to convince that person to be patient. Yeah. You know, maybe they have, they've lost weight in the past and then gained it back. And they've lost it and then gained it back. So they know that they have the capacity to lose weight. They don't understand why it doesn't stay off. And the reason why, mm, can be complicated, but probably it just wasn't the right approach or wasn't a sustainable approach. So it's convincing someone that taking the sustainable route, taking the long road, like, yeah, it might take you one or two or three years to get what you want, but once you get it, it will last. And, you know, maybe you pick up some other really awesome healthy habits all- along the way. Maybe you get involved with the gym community. Maybe you, like, start sleeping more. Um, you develop a better
1: relationship with food. Like, all of these things are positive things, they just take time. Yeah. The one thing that we always recommend to clients. Especially clients who are always stepping on the scale, I didn't lose weight, I didn't lose weight. It's like, okay, you don't even, like some clients we tell don't even weigh yourself because this is not working. Cause they step on the scale every day and they see, oh, I didn't lose 30 pounds or I'm not closer to losing 30 pounds or I'm only half a pound close, that took so long, it took so much effort. Instead, you say, all right, it's, you're gonna set small goals and the, the goal is the process. So it's like, okay, they're daily goals. And the first day is you're gonna hit your macros or you're gonna hit your protein. And when you hit your protein, like that's an achievement. You've achieved a goal. And that daily, those small daily achievements help build motivation. Okay, I I got day one, now I'm gonna go for day two. And like, maybe you make it like you have a calendar and you do a check mark. Every day I did, I hit my protein with one check mark. Like I, the other last summer, I did. Um, I started doing ten thousand steps a day. Oh God! And it was too much. But I, at some point, I think it was like around day fourteen, it was like every time you hit ten thousand steps, your your watch would buzz, and you would get these like stars and stuff. And I wanted to get ten thousand steps, like that, just daily goal of getting ten thousand steps and having a streak and getting those stars and the buzz of my my watch was enough to just make me go walking like i couldn't stand the fact that i might lose my streak
0: yeah and if you you can establish
1: that like if you can establish that with you know hitting your macros or eating like 800 grams of fruits and vegetables a day you develop a streak and and then it becomes a habit it's just like you did something you do I just had to get my 10,000 steps every day. But, like, I feel like it's important to point out that you were, like, doing laps in the hallway at one point. Yeah, yeah. it. I had to stop that. But, like, it is, it, I'm just saying that's a good example in showing, like, you know, you develop something and you develop a streak and you, small, small goals. Yeah, you learn to see results in different ways. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so the last one we're going to talk about, it's kind of two, but we'll we'll put them together. It's... Uh, improper goal setting and fear of failure. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about habit change and goal setting and um, I think that fear of failure ties into not setting appropriate goals. Um, But it's also, there's a deeper component to that which we can talk about, but, um, you know, improper goal setting would be um, something that, in my opinion, isn't actionable. So um, let's take the example we talked about, maybe uh, a little bit ago, which is the goal of I want to go to the CrossFit Games. There's a, a fundamental flaw in that goal. What do you think it is?
1: Are you listening to me? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking. Okay. Well, you can't control it. I don't know. Well, like you have other people that are doing different things. Like I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big one. It does depend on other people, which is. That's a whole other
0: conversation. But you can't just wake up every day and say, I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games. You have to look at, like, okay, what what do people who go to the CrossFit Games do every day? Well, they probably sleep, like, 10 hours a night, so that would be a good place to start. Um, They're on top of their nutrition, and, like, they train. So, really appropriate goals for someone who wants to go to the CrossFit Games. This is assuming that there's no... uh, physical deficiency which there usually is yeah. let's just assume that this person is Matt Frazier but lazy um, you know a good goal would be I'm going to sleep 10 hours a night uh, I am going to have all my food prepped and there, it's going to be like exactly what I need to eat for the day and I'm going to do all of my training as best as I can I'm going to do my best in my training every single day like
1: that's how you go to the CrossFit games I mean, it's no different than a marathon. It's like... Yeah, exactly. You don't wake up and be like, I'm going to run a marathon. It's like, no, you're going to... Today, you're going to do the training that's required, and you're going to eat to fuel that training. Yeah. Um, so, it's it's understanding when you set a
0: goal, when you set a goal, there's usually probably like three to five
1: actual goals yeah. that you, you need to set. Just... It's like I said, you don't wake up every day, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Yeah. Like, Nobody does that. Like, why do they think it... But they act like that that's how it works.
0: that every single day they step on the scale and haven't lost 30 pounds, they feel like they failed. Mm-hmm. Probably there are a lot of people out there, and I know these people who have the goal of going to the CrossFit Games, and they would fall short at regionals and absolutely lose their shit. And it's like, well, why? Did you try your best? Like, Did you have a, a, like a game plan for each workout? that you stuck to, like, did you do the best that you could? Because if you did and you fell short, there's nothing really to feel bad about. And that's kind of the beauty of making the process of achieving the goal, the real goal, because you can hold your head high at the end of a weekend and say like, look, I did my absolute best. Um, I'm you know, proud of that effort and I'll continue doing it and, and try again next year or in the new season next month when I go to another <laughs>
1: sanction event miss regionals um so then are you saying you shouldn't have like where does the big goal come in then i think the big goal like it's it can provide motivation
0: like a big external goal can provide the motivation to start doing something but you have to be able to see the results of your the process on a more like on a more daily basis or like a weekly basis if you don't You'll just like it's it's you'll just get de- demotivated unless you're an extremely intrinsic, intrinsically motivated person like you are like you. So maybe one way of
1: putting that is saying like okay this big goal there's no time limit like maybe saying I, I want to go to the CrossFit Games like I'm gonna do everything, like instead it's like my goal is to do everything I can do to make it to the CrossFit Games instead of being like I'm gonna make it to the CrossFit Games next year and I'm gonna do everything that I can do. So, like, at the end of the year when you don't make it to the CrossFit Games, you're still a failure even though you perform to your potential and you did everything that you should do. But maybe at the end of the year you didn't make it to the CrossFit Games, if there is no time limit, you can say, I worked really hard this year, I'm this much closer. I'm going to try again next year. I learned, like, I learned things about myself. It's not I haven't achieved my goal, it's I haven't achieved my goal yet. And maybe that's a way to, like, reframe it. Yeah, I like that word, yet. And then there's those people who just never will make it to the CrossFit Games and <laughs> they'll never re- realize that and they just live in a world of delusion and they're, they're hopeless.
0: Just, they try. <laughs> That's okay. Hopefully they have a good time. But yeah, they do. Um, and then, so the the where does the fear of failure come in? I
1: think, like, um, I mean, that kind of goes back. It kind of, Oh, it kind of blankets all of that stuff or yeah. underlies all that stuff like if you can you almost have to work to get rid of that fear I mean everybody not everybody I would say they're outliers but a lot of people fear failure yeah. and if you kind of set yourself up where you can control you can control and you set your goals small enough that they're achievable and you start out small and you achieve them slowly and gradually and you build over time like there, you, you won't fail like because you can't you can't and like you can, but you have to understand that, like, that failure is due to your lack of effort. I get. It. I don't know. That's lack of effort. Like, I don't know that there's
0: some people who don't qualify for the games not for lack of effort. It's just not like it's not their year. It's not the right circumstance, the right events. So I think it's like it's understanding that maybe that failure is actually okay, and that like. The fact that you might not achieve your goal doesn't mean that you shouldn't go out and try to achieve your goal. You shouldn't give a hundred percent to what you're doing just because you think there's a possibility that it might not work out. I think that, you know, if if people live their lives that way, there would
1: be no like elite athletes. There'd be no successful business people. So what about on a weight loss level where you have somebody who feels like they self sabotage and it's like, okay, I've been doing great for seven days, but like I don't think this is gonna work, like I didn't lose weight or I only lost a pound like this isn't going to work I'm never going to be skinny skinny in their mind skinny is different for everybody but I'm never going to be skinny I I, I need to eat a whole cake
0: Mm
1: -hmm. like where what is that how does that work like is that fear of failure I think that's that's fear of failure in like a sort of a
0: self-sabotaging way and that's probably that goes back to like lack of results Um, the way they identify I think a lot of like, you know, if you, if you are someone who does need to lose weight and it's, like maybe you've identified that way for so long, you don't know how to be anything else. And so there's a, le- like, there's a level of comfort that comes with that. And, you know, change is hard. And mm-hmm. so people will self-sabotage to keep from making those changes.
1: Or maybe they think if it's not sustainable or they set themselves up, For something that's not sustainable. And they don't stick with it for long enough to teach themselves that it is sustainable. Then they know maybe they foresee themselves down the line failing. So why not fail right now? Yeah. And it just like prevents maybe some embarrassment. I don't know. Yeah. But.
0: I think that having the right people around you at that moment is important. And having somebody that you can reach out to and talk to and understand. Like. You're going to (laughs) be
1: mad at me. Yeah. I get that a lot. And I'm like. No, if anything, like I'm glad that you had, you know, that extra ice cream and it only, you know, it was a hundred extra calories, but like you should be including ice cream and like, you don't do it all the time. And Like, like progress, like perfection, like I don't like perfection. It's breakable. It's people just, it, yeah, it crumbles under you in an instant. And if people learn that like, it's okay with me, it's okay with them, you know, to not be perfect and progress is what we're looking for, like, I think that's kind of, that kind of accompanies all of this stuff. Like, yeah. if you're not a marathon runner now, you might be eventually. Like, but you have to, you have to make it work with your life and kind of progress towards it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's like, fear of failure is, is fear of change. is, It's the reason why, it's the reason why it's so hard to, to even to even make changes and even harder to get those changes to stick. Um, But it's not like, like I've seen people that have stuck with it for, for years. I have clients that I've had for years and like their lives are, are totally different. And so I, I see it work and you see it work. And I like, so I, I know like all I want to say to people a lot of times is like, just keep going because I know how this ends. If you, if you stick with it. And it ends with you either getting what you want or learning that what you thought you wanted isn't actually what you wanted and finding something that's even better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is honestly like the best. Yeah. Um, so so that's, that's kind of, that's how I feel about it. Anyways, I don't know. Do you have anything
1: else to add? Yeah, I think just to close up all these, you know, five reasons why change, change is hard. They all kind of work together. You can't really take one and over the other. I mean they're just they're so they kinda yeah, like work together. I don't know really how yeah, else they, to put it. They build and everything's intertwined. Yeah. And you think you
0: address, you know, one thing and then something else comes up. Like maybe you've got your identity squared away, but your friends suck, or like you have really great friends, but you bit off more than you can chew with a goal, the so too much too fast. Like it's it's all a learning process yeah and it's
1: even this like we talk about perfection with macros or what training or whatever like this is never going to be perfect like life is messy and like you might have that friend who's trying to sabotage you all the time or that family member you know who's super close with you and like always trying to get you to eat because they like eating whatever like you're always going to be battling stuff it's never going to be an ideal situation but that doesn't mean it's not worth you know trying to make it as conducive as possible to your goals yeah even small changes can make a big difference over time very small changes yeah so
0: um, so that's about it for today we're gonna wrap it up um, we obviously help a lot of people so if this hits home with you and you feel like you need help on that front please reach out send us a message we'll um, you know give you whatever feedback we can point you in a direction um, and we can definitely help you out with tactic too if you feel like you need that so all right see ya